HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. The Big Food Question is partnering with TD Bank on five special episodes about the resilience of small businesses in the face of a constantly shifting pandemic landscape. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for joining us on this hour of Eat Your Heartland Out. I'm your host, Capri Cafaro. And on today's show, we are spotlighting food tours in small towns throughout the Midwest. I was inspired to make this episode because of my passion for experiential travel. Over the years, I have done my own research, seeking out ways to avoid being a tourist in a new town. I found companies such as Tours by Locals, who offer all kinds of offbeat excursions, from brewery tours to pizza trails. Eat With is another company that pairs locals with visitors who want to get a taste of authentic flavors in the place that they're visiting. They offer dinners hosted by cooks in their homes, as well as cooking classes led by locals in cities all around the world. Here's a fun fact. Years ago, I signed up for an Eat With dinner in Montreal, And now I actually offer both in-person and more recently online cooking classes through Eat With International. So I'm a local host too. As you can tell from my excitement, I love the idea of food tours and experiences led by local people, which is what brings me to today's guests. Otelia Cassidy will share how Thai food and cheese curds are both part of the Madison, Wisconsin food landscape. Dana Woolwind, owner of Sioux Falls Food Tours, tells us what a chislick is and what is uniquely South Dakotan about that. But first, we welcome Cheryl Benson, owner of the Oskaloosa Food Tour Company in Iowa. I'm excited to have Cheryl on the program today because her tours show that towns both big and small have a food story just waiting to be told. Cheryl, thank you for joining Eat Your Heartland Out. And um, we are excited to hear all about your efforts to uh, bring food tours to Oskaloosa, Iowa. Am I pronouncing that correctly? You tell me. It is Oskaloosa. Oskaloosa. Okay. And see, you know what? I would try to edit that out, but I actually think it's a good (laughs) lesson for the listeners so they know how to actually pronounce it. There you go. You could see how easy it could be to mess that up. But you are uh, putting, uh, put the place on the map and uh, doing it through food tours. Um, So uh, first off, obviously, we want to know what inspired you to start a food tour in your hometown. Okay. Well, first, thank you for this opportunity. I love talking about my food tour, so this is great. Um, So I have two girlfriends, and every year we go on a girl's trip somewhere. And one year we went to Chicago, and we saw a food tour, and we thought, well, that sounds like something we would enjoy. So we went on it, and we just absolutely fell in love with them. So after that, every year when we go on our girls' trip, we would have to go to a place that had a food tour and make sure they had it the weekend we were going to be there. And we we just loved them. And so I started joking around because all of these food tours are in big cities. 
And I started joking around. I said, well, when I retire, I am going to start one in Oskaloosa. And we just thought that was the funniest darn thing we'd ever heard. <laughs> but the more I talked about it, the more I thought, you know, I could do this. And then I started thinking about ways it could be done. And so when I retired, I went to Chicago, took a three-day training course, and came back and got it started around September of 2019. That is, so, you know what, it is not a laughing matter because it is actually pretty cool. <laughs> uh, that you that you decided to actually you know something that you talked about on a trip you actually were able to uh, to implement. So um, for those of us who are not familiar with Oskaloosa, Iowa, um, please uh, <laughs> yes. paint us a picture um, about what okay. what your hometown is all about. Um, how big is it? Um, what's nearby? All those good things to to color our color our listening ears. Okay, so Oskaloosa has about 10,000 people, and it's about 60 miles southeast of Des Moines, um, 30 miles north of Ottumwa. And uh, it has one major manufacturer, which is Musco Mobile Lighting. They are an international company. Uh, Pella is only about 10 miles down the road, and a lot of people are familiar with that because they have a tulip festival every year, and they have Pella windows and Vermeer manufacturing. Um, Oskaloosa has really been working on getting community activities, and so in the last 10 years, it's really blossomed, and during the summer, we have on Thursday night, Thankful Thursdays in the Alley with free wine and beer and live music. Um, we have a city band that plays in the square and has played since the 1800s, uh, so they're there on Thursday nights. Um, this Thursday's our sweet corn serenade. We have a lighted Christmas parade. So there's a lot of things going on here. Did you say sweet corn? Yes. <laughs> so what is what is that event all about? Well, yes, this Thursday uh, they will be cooking sweet corn on the square, and they'll have some hamburgers and things you can buy, and they have a pie-making contest. Oh, this sounds right up my alley. Yes, lots of booze with stuff for sale, and so it's, yeah, a bunch of people. <laughs> that sounds like a blast. That's, I mean, obviously a good reason to to visit the community. Um, so how do you loop in some of these special events um, to to your tours, or do you? Well, I have not yet. So I started in September of 19, 2019, and we all know what happened in 2020. So I'm just now really getting it started back up again uh, since COVID. And um, so I would like to try and hook it into some things, but I, I have not done that yet. If I recall our initial conversation, you usually have tours um, basically once a month or once a week. So I have them scheduled once a month, but most of my tours, people contact me and say, I'd like to, to put a tour together. So I have more tours that are done um, individually with groups that want to do them than I do just people dropping in. Right. And that makes sense because we're not a big vacation destination, obviously. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> But this is why I love to have these conversations. And I say to every person that I talk to um, as part of this show, because there is so much out there um, yes. that, that, you know, just because it's not a, a big marquee name like Chicago where, you know, you, you would go on, you know, your girl's trip and be like, we got to look at this food tour. Yep. It doesn't mean that there isn't a ton to offer right in your backyard. And people need to know about that because it really is, you know, our small communities that make up this country. Um, right. And um, how did you actually end up in, are, would you, were you, Born and raised there? No, I was born in Columbus, Ohio. Aha, fellow Buckeye. Yes, I am. <laughs> at age 11, I moved to Carrollton, Texas, and at age 14 to Morristown, New Jersey. And then I, I came out to William Penn in 1970 to go to college in Oskaloosa, and I liked it. <laughs> well, that's how a lot of folks end up, you know, where they end up, right, is, is because of college and they end up staying. And I was never much on big cities. I don't like the traffic and it's too many people for me. It's fun to go visit, but I like coming back here. <laughs> I, I, I totally get it. And like I said, I mean, I am very much and I feel like the older I get as well, the more that I really embrace uh, small town charm. Um, with, with, a you know, a lot, it may be small town, but again, with, with, um, a big personality. So this show is about food and, um, you plan these food tours. Walk us through the type of food that, you know, we may get if we come and visit you. 
Okay. So on a food tour, uh, you do a, it's a walking tour. So we we walk around just around the downtown area of Oskaloosa, and we talk about the history, the culture, and the architecture of the town. And in between, we stop places and we have little bites to eat from different restaurants. So the first one I, I have usually is uh, the meatballs from Wood Iron Grill. And Wood Iron Grill has um, uh, won Iowa Burger of the Year a couple years ago. In oh, fact, wow. the first year they were open. Yeah. And the meatballs are made from that same recipe. Mm-hmm. So you kind of get a sample of that. And then we have a little restaurant called Great Expectations, and he always brings me some fabulous soup. He is He's really creative and has some good things in there. Um, we have uh, um, Hunter's, which has a little cafe in the back, mm-hmm. and they make a really good chicken chestnut casserole. Uh, and then we go to Wander Lunch, which is a grilled cheese place. Yum. And yes, and she makes wonderful grilled cheese. And we have whatever her special is and a little bit of her side salad. And she does the most creative grilled cheeses. It's just absolutely amazing. And then we have the Brickhouse Cafe. And he has a um, pot roast Parmesan melt that we try. Oh, my gosh. And that's, yes, that's excellent. And then we go to Smoky Row. And they have a, an ice cream with espresso dish on it. That's really good. Um, and in between, we have some little samples from Yarsma Bakery, which is actually a Pella bakery, but we have an outlet store here in Oskaloosa. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times I'll get some cheese samples from Friesen Cheeses, which is in Lighton, just a couple miles down the road. Oh my gosh. So that's our food lineup. Well, I mean, that's <laughs> I'm definitely hungry, and I'm sure that um, our listeners are as well. Um, because yes. that definitely sounds like, um, you know, a lot of, of fantastic food um, and a, a lot of character as well. And, and, you know, part of, again, what we talk about on this show is how food tells stories. And, you know, food is kind of a doorway into, uh, you know, a community and a culture. Um, you know, given some of the um, restaurants and dishes and food mm-hmm. that you bring forward in your food tours, how do you think um, that combination tells the story of uh, of the town? Well, they're all uh, local people running these restaurants, and they've all kind of come on their own to, to the food that they actually make um, and what they've decided to do. So, um, like Wander Lunch, she started with a food truck. She used to be an English teacher at the high school. Oh, wow. Yes, <laughs> she went to culinary school and then... Uh, has started this, and and she's just a real inspiration. Uh, so everybody has a little story, and we always tell a little story about the the restaurant tours too. Sure, um, and yeah. um, and, you know we've yeah. I've, when I've uh, chatted with uh, other folks that are doing food tours um, in communities in the Midwest, big and mm-hmm. small. Um, mm-hmm. a, one thing that has come up as well is you know. Uh, the food tours coming back and helping breathe new life into the restaurant businesses, you know, post COVID. Um, are you experiencing that as well? It's, I haven't had a lot yet. Um, but I, I'm, I need to really get out and do more advertising. I, you know, since COVID it's just been a really slow slog to get things moving back again. Um, especially since I wasn't open very long before that came. But I, I have, you know, every time I have one of these food tours, people are like, where's that restaurant? I want to go there. So, and that's what we found, my girlfriends and I, when we did them, was that it was a good way to get a sample of places and then say, oh, that's the one I want to go back to, or I'm going to go try that one. Instead of committing yourself to an entire meal and then being disappointed, uh, you have a chance to sample that. And so it is really good advertising for the restaurant Um so, you know, people, and they tell, if they're from around the area, they'll tell their friends, and then um, it, it goes from there. Because a lot of the places, when I say, people even local, and I'll say it's from here, and they'll go, where's that? So even though they're in the community, they're not aware of that restaurant, and they haven't tried it. Yeah, you never know what's right under your nose, right? <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that the truth? <laughs> but, you know, I, I would bet that there are some people that, come from, you know, a little bit farther out. What's the furthest that someone has come and participated in your food tours? Well, I had a group of six in March who came from Miami. Oh, wow. (laughs) Welcome to Iowa. (laughs) 
<laughs> they fortunately came the week after that really, really cold spell we had. Yeah. So they still thought it was cold, but I was telling them, no, you, you hit it right. <laughs> so, yeah, but they they were surprised there was as much as there was. So it was fun. That's that's great. Was that a private tour then? Or? It was. Mm-hmm. It was. Yep. It was a private tour. And I had uh, two couples from Minnesota who came in May and they were a private tour. So, yeah. But then I've had two other tours this year that were more local people, too. So, yeah. Well, again, I think it shows that it's so, you know, the, these kind of things, these food tours, and I look for them in my own community as well, these these different types of events or, you know, tours that uh, try to open your eyes to the things that are, are right around you. Because um, it's almost like it's, it's like you said, you know, you're getting this sampling and then, then you know what you want to go back to. But it's almost like a word of mouth. It's like a good friend being, you know, I think in this case, the tour guide, right? It's like you have a local person on the ground as if you had a friend in town that was able to show you the whole place, um, you know, in, in a few hours. And, and that's invaluable. It is. It's a really good way to get to see a place, which is one of the main reasons we really, my girlfriends and I really enjoyed it because you could just get such a good look around of an area. So it's very nice. I love to go to different towns in Iowa. I'll take a, an overnight trip and just go somewhere and, you know, Google what I can find and walk around. And it's, it's really interesting. Every town has its story. That's right. And you are telling that story um, through food in, in your, in your own home community, which, which is just great. Now, if somebody wanted to find you, how could we find you to book your tours? You can go to oscaloosafoodtours.com. I think you're going to have to spell that. Okay. O-S-K-A-L-O-O-S-A and then foodtours.com. All right. Oscaloosafoodtours.com it is. Um, are you on Instagram or anything else? I, I am on Facebook. Okay. Same sort of Oskaloosa food tours? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's great. And uh, I definitely will check it out. And um, I think that folks should definitely look because as we've discussed this whole chat, um, you know, there are surprising things right around the corner and in the most unexpected places. Um, but, you know, um, places like um, Oskaloosa, Iowa, Orwell, Ohio, um, you know, these, these communities that we celebrate and you're, you're getting a chance to share them with others. Any other parting thoughts, any, any things on the horizon you, you want us to know about? Um, no, just in general, you know, go out and go visit some of these places in Iowa. And, um, if you're in a, another city, look and see if they have a food tour and try it out because I think you'll enjoy them. Well, you don't have to twist my arm because I'm already <laughs> hungry and um, I definitely will will put Oskaloosa on the calendar and we'll look Great. you up. And Cheryl, thank you again for sharing your story and your food tour with our audience here at Eat Your Heartland Out. Uh, thank you. You made this fun. I'm Capri Cafaro and you're listening to Eat Your Heartland Out. We'll be right back after this break with Otelia Cassidy of Madison Food Tours. Madison is a college town, and I've learned that college towns are sometimes the best foodie destinations, particularly after I recently spoke to another tour operator in another college town, Tammy Coxon, the chief tasting officer of Tammy's Tastings in Ann Arbor, Michigan, home of the University of Michigan. Tammy says her overarching goal is to create unique food and drink experiences for people, and that she does. As her business name suggests, she hosts a variety of tasting experiences as well, from chocolate to cheese, she has it all. If you're interested in private food tours, you have to check out Tammy's Urban Hunter Gatherer Tour right there in Ann Arbor that treats visitors to all of the best purveyors of the area, including the world-famous deli and bakery Zimmerman's. To learn more about Tammy's tours, visit tammystastings.com, that's T-A-M-M-Y-S tastings.com, or Tours by Local. We'll be right back with Otelia Cassidy of Madison Food Tours. The Big Food Question is partnering with TD Bank on five special episodes about the resilience of small businesses in the face of a constantly shifting pandemic landscape. 
we cover avenues for accessing grants, loans, and financial services through federal and local government programs, as well as via nonprofits. We examine the benefits worker cooperatives present to workers, communities, and our food system, and share resources to learn more about operating under this model. We're talking to business owners who started pop-ups and became permanent during the pandemic to see what we can learn. Don't miss these episodes. Subscribe to The Big Food Question wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks to TD Bank for supporting this programming. Welcome back to Eat Your Heartland Out. We're now joined by Otelia Cassidy, owner of Madison Food Tours in Wisconsin. America's Dairyland, a.k.a. Wisconsin, is one of my favorite food destinations. And after you hear from Otelia, I think it will be on your favorites list as well. Otelia, thanks for joining the show. We're so excited in this episode to highlight food tours from uh, across the Midwest, cities big and small. And you have a food tour company in Madison, Wisconsin. So uh, tell the listeners a little bit about how you decided to start this out in Wisconsin. Thank you. Thanks so much, Capri, for having me on today. Absolutely. Um yeah, so at the time when I started the food tour company here in Madison, uh, it was about 10, going on 10 years now. And at that time, there were food tours in larger cities. And I was looking for a way to combine my passion for food and my passion for community sustainability. And I had read about the food tour companies in other bigger cities. And I thought, well, it's based around history and great food in a walkable area. And we have that in Madison, even though we're a much smaller city. Well, and you're absolutely right. I mean, I think one of the great things about food tours and, and from, you know, everyone that's on this show coming from actually a little bit smaller communities um, is showing how much that food tours can highlight uh, the wonderful things that communities big and small have to offer. So walk us through what one could expect if they signed up for one of your tours. Yeah. So it's been, you know, an evolution, of course, over 10 years, we've really revised. I mean, our first food tours were sometimes way too much food, which might sound very strange, but it's actually possible. Um, so tell, tell me how, tell me how, how is that possible? Well, you know, when we first started the tours, we'd go into these restaurant partners and we're like, hey, we want to do this thing called a food tour. And people come in, and they taste what you have to offer. And they're like, okay. And of course, restaurants want to show you all that they have to offer. So at one point, I remember going into a restaurant where the woman brought out, it was a, a, a Vietnamese restaurant and Thai restaurant. She brought out dish after dish. And she's like, but wait, there's one more. This was my father's favorite. And this is the one my grandma taught me. And by the time we got through the first stop, everybody was like, I'm stuffed. But we kept going, you know. So now we have it down where, where you know, we don't, it's actually people prefer not to be over full <laughs> on a tour. So we now have a system down and, and we still do multiple stops, but there's smaller bites so that you're full at the end, but not overly full. How do you design those menus? How do, when you're working with uh, the different partners, how do you decide? Do you kind of start with an appetizer and end with a dessert in different places? Are there themes that you engage in? I'd be curious to know, um, because, you know, I'm, I want to get hungry from talking to you, how, you know, a, a typical tour is structured. Yeah, so it, it, it can vary. Both of those things can be the case. We can design one around sort of a progressive meal and we can design one around a theme. So a lot of times what we really focus on is like, what is that restaurant or neighborhood known for? We have a tour that we will hopefully be relaunching by fall this year in the our Willie Street neighborhood, which is a very ethnically diverse neighborhood. And so there we just feature different ethnicities foods and we kind of spotlight what the restaurant is good at. Now we also do try to have like a dessert at the end uh, or, you know, something that would be an appetizer type of meal along the way. But a lot of it is like, what are you known for? What do you want to highlight that you do really well? So for example, the Indonesian restaurant makes their own tempeh in house. So that's pretty cool. 
Indonesian restaurants in Wisconsin, not something that people necessarily think about. There aren't many of them. That's awesome, though. Yeah. And then, you know, in some neighborhoods, there is like a lot of artisan food producers. So we'll do a a tasting where maybe we start with more of an appetizer that gets you kind of going and a drink sample. But then we stop and have a bite of artisan chocolate, not necessarily for dessert, but it's kind of, you know, a little bit like a... Uh, palate cleanser, I call it, chocolate palate cleanser. How many places do you usually stop at? Our tours are typically between five to six locations. Now, post-COVID, that's been very difficult. And so right now, we're looking at about four stops per tour. Um, And that's actually working quite well because we still are able to really showcase a diversity of foods. Well, you mentioned Indonesian uh, earlier, and I think you you mentioned uh, Thai as well. but it does sound like Madison has, uh, you know, pretty diverse and eclectic um, food scene. Uh, give us, a, a, you know, some other examples of, of the type of ethnic foods or just unique type of places in Madison that would be highlighted. And I think probably would su- surprise listeners that, you know, may be from a New York or L.A. or even Chicago and, and aren't as familiar with the fact that the Midwest has a lot of, um, you know, ethnic food, and you mentioned artisan um, artisan offerings as well. Yeah, I think that's what makes, I mean, Madison particularly is so unique and special in terms of food. And I think people are starting to discover that. I have more people who come here now specifically to do a food tour to explore the food. And it's not just brats and beer, which are really good. <laughs> but, um, you know, <laughs> cheese we obviously, we, yeah, we, and the cheese we have, we have artisan cheese. We're the only state that requires a master cheese making license to make cheese. I know. I know. I love that. So even when you explore something like cheddar, you know, cheddar cheeses or sheep milk cheeses, you're going to be amazed at what we have to offer. So there's a lot of artisan food production, but also we have a really rich agricultural uh, um community and there's a real strong connection between the agricultural and the city maybe because we're a small city and also kind of a very agricultural based uh, state but we have as you may know the largest producer only farmers market in the country and 15 possibly more now a percent of the vendors are Hmong um, who came over after the Vietnam War um, and so there's already like a diversity in the produce that you can find at the farmers market that's incredible yeah I I've spoken to a Hmong restaurant owner in Minneapolis. I, I was not familiar with the fact that that there was a, a, a sizable Hmong population there uh, in the in Wisconsin. Yeah, similar to Minnesota, the Lutheran Church sponsored a lot of the families, and so um, you have a lot of the Hmong who grow. But then also that leads to a lot of really great Thai, Lao, Vietnamese restaurants here, which I think surprises some people. Um, we also have like we don't have a huge. Uh, African restaurant, you know, a lot to choose from. We have a really good Ethiopian restaurant. We have, um, you know, Caribbean restaurants. And we have a lot of a lot of actual producers, um, African food uh, producers who don't have a brick and mortar, but make products as well, like artisan sauces um, or do catering and things like that. So there's actually a surprising amount of um, diversity. We have a Venezuelan restaurant, which is amazing. We have... Um, tons of Mexican like grocery stores with the taqueria in the (laughs) back, which I love. (laughs) Sounds fantastic. So I I, I remember when when we had an opportunity to speak off air, you were talking about, you know, supporting or and those the owned businesses in your tours. How do you how do you go about doing that? I mean, how do you select um, you know, the, the businesses that you're working with, particularly those that are um, owned uh, by um, individuals of color? Uh, how do you fi- how do you go about finding them? How do you go about partnering with them? How do you help support uh, these community businesses? Yeah, that's a that's a really interesting and good question. And I think, like I just sort of mentioned, many businesses own food businesses and others as well owned by people of color. There's a less uh, less of them have brick and mortar, you know, due to access. Um, so. In the past year, when we weren't able to run our tours, I started doing uh, deliverable meal kits out of a community kitchen where a lot of the vendors make their food. Now, that's a little bit different than a tour, and we currently have stopped that because we've tried to 
bring back our tours, and that's taken all of our resources. However, um, one of so starting the tours in neighborhoods that have more diverse food offerings is really important to me. So that's why we try in all of our tours to include, you know, as many restaurants as possible or a diversity of restaurants that reflect that cultural diversity in our city. And also, um, I'm kind of a like Instagram, probably too much on Instagram, and I really love <laughs> um, telling all, the stories. Of, like <laughs> I you. mean, okay, let's just be in the club together. But um, so that's another way I hope that I help to promote and support those businesses is by showcasing or highlighting them on social media and trying to reach, um, let other people in the community know about them that way as well. Well, now you've now you've brought up Instagram, so I'm going to have to <laughs> ask you what your, what your handle is, so the listeners and I can. Uh, make sure that we uh, check you out there and, and follow you. Yeah, it's Madison Eats. Madison Eats. Okay, Madison yeah. Eats. That's pretty easy to remember. <laughs> um, and, you know, f- pictures can tell, you know, a thousand words. And food, I feel, does the same type of thing. Um, and I'm totally obsessed with the concept that, you know, food is, is a storyteller and, and, you know, gives a window into people's culture and history and, you know, where they get the ingredients and why they choose the ingredients. And, and I would, I would think that a food tour is, is kind of a similar thing. Um, how do you use your food tours to tell the story of your community? Yeah, I mean, that's absolutely it. It, it, it is a way that you can tell a story without even saying anything too much, although we do add to it. But I think um, that is something that's so important to me. And I had maybe mentioned this to you off air as well, that somebody had asked me at one point if the passion, like, oh, you must be doing this because the food is so amazing. And and the reason I have this business, when they said that, it, it clicked that I'm actually doing it because I love the people who are making the food and their stories. That's the driver for my passion about this business is is learning how we all can be, you know, connected even when we don't speak, eat, have the same cultural background, have, you know, things in common. We actually do because we all have to sit around a table. And I know that sounds somewhat cliche, but I think it's absolutely true. And the other, you know, way we're able to kind of highlight that is that when we have a group of people there with us, they may not ever have thought to go in this particular restaurant, but we can tell the story of like, this person has been, you know, we have the, like, for example, a Thai restaurant that we work with. And the woman came over here, she was an art major in Bangkok, Thailand. She came over here for her husband's work and knows how to cook great food in a very much like a street food style. Her food is exceptional. And she also gets to play with her art artistic background, but she plates like the our food samples where we go to her restaurant are plated absolutely exquisitely. And, you know, it's just something she gets to kind of have her creative outlet. We get to appreciate that. And also it's absolutely delicious food. So people get to learn about that. <laughs> that's incredible. I mean, that's such a good example of, of uh, you know, how you're able to highlight those individual stories and, and how they end up being a collective story of, you know, the community there in Madison. Mm-hmm. Any other really good, crazy, maybe crazy stories that you can share with us that really stand out? I know I'm putting you on the spot, but, um, you know, <laughs> if they, whether it's a, you know, a really unique tour that you did that was a one-off mm-hmm. or maybe just a story about, um, you know, someone uh, who runs a restaurant that, um, you know, you really just thought like, wow, like I'm totally blown away by this person and their story. You know, you said something about it being a story of the collective community. And when you said that, I like got goosebumps because what I realized is that at this point, after a year and a half of the struggles that the restaurant industry has has had, every single person that that I work with has persevered through that. And what has happened is that people work together to support the industry as a whole. And so what I think really strikes me and has, it's always been this way, but I think even seeing it more so during the past year, we have, for example, um, there's a gentleman who, his name is Ian, he owns Ian's Pizza. It's a very popular pizza spot here. Um, He's been very successful at three different locations. He was hard hit as well as were some smaller businesses. Um, He has allowed people, not even just allowed, but encouraged people in his own team to start their own small businesses. So one of his marketing person started an ice cream, started making ice cream. And now he, they have like a little ice cream scoop shop there that supply, that um, produces and sells her ice cream. 
And he also, in his facility, had more room and more capacity for making some of the products like sausage. So he allowed another chef who has a pizza place, so you'd think they'd be competitors, but he was like, come here and make your sausage here because I have the space for it. So there's, I think that has permeates everything in the Madison food scene and is really um, why it's been such a successful place to have, you know, a food a food tour company, but also why people really feel um, just they feel that passion and the community spirit, the collective community spirit of, you know, our food scene here. Sure. That's, I mean, that's incredible that, that, you know, some, that everyone is working together. And I've actually gotten that sense when I've done interviews with other folks in the Madison area, totally different stuff that, you know, makers of cider, for example, um, where, you know, it really sounds like this collaborative and collective, you know, spirit and and investment in the community. And I think you also bring up a very good point um, about the fact that, you know, because the, the restaurant industry was hit so hard, um, during COVID, um, things like, you, you know, your tour company can absolutely help, you know, breathe new life into, you know, the uh, the restaurant scene and, and those individual small businesses that have struggled so hard over the last mm-hmm. year. And, and for those that have, you know, fortunately survived, um, you know, a unique uh, concept, particularly in a community the size of Madison's really can help, uh, you know, it, support those businesses that are, you know, trying to um, reinvigorate their business. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very powerful, you know, to, to, I think what I've always thought is that people who come here don't know that that's what it is that they're feeling and enjoying and benefiting from. But but it, but it gets to them, you know, it's like when you're sitting around and you're enjoying the food and you're in different parts of the community, you don't know what it is, but that's what it is. Well, I, I love Wisconsin and I definitely, when I have visited there, have always felt that special, you know, welcoming uh, community feeling from everybody that I, that I had a chance to interface with, particularly, you know, in whatever aspect of the food scene that, that I was coming into contact with. And I would encourage everyone uh, to <laughs> definitely head out to, um, to the, the big, the, to America's Dairyland, as you yeah. know, it says on the, on the <laughs> license plates, <laughs> or at least did at some point. I don't know if it still does. Right. So uh, if people want to find your tour mm-hmm. and sign up outside of, you know, obviously you, you mentioned Madison Eats on, on Instagram, but right. give us a website on, uh, and where, Uh, our listeners can find additional information uh, if they intend on going and visiting Madison. Yeah, absolutely. And Madison is also a very beautiful city, which some people aren't aware of (laughs) because we have the lakes and the capital. So it's also very scenic. Um, So we love to show off, you know, the downtown and other areas on our tours. And they can find out more at madisoneatsfoodtours.com. That's our website. All right. Madisoneatsfoodtours.com. And... um, any other information that they would need to uh, to take? Uh, do you only book certain days? Yeah, currently we're offering tours Thursday through Sunday. We have a bike tour and walking tour, and we expect to you know continue reopening other tours as the the season goes on. Um, you know, they can book right online. There's a number there. They reach me directly. They can call with any questions, and we're happy to talk about any you know even private family functions, or they can just join a public tour and. Um, you know, see what we have to offer. Well, Otelia, I, I always say this with everybody I talk to, I get so excited. I'm like, I'm going to get in the car and like start driving right now um, to, to check this out. <laughs> and um, we're so glad that you were able to share a little bit of your community with um, our community of listeners. Thanks so much for joining us again today. Thank you so much, Capri. You're welcome anytime. You're listening to Eat Your Heartland Out. Our final guest this hour is Dana Wolwin, owner of Sioux Falls Food Tours. As someone who has never been to South Dakota, that would be me, I was really excited to learn about the Sioux Falls food scene. And after speaking to Dana, I really want to make sure that I get out to South Dakota as soon as I can. And I know that I will have a great guide. Let's welcome Dana to the program. 
Dana, thank you for joining Eat Your Heartland Out live from Sioux Falls, South Dakota. We're so happy to have you. Thanks for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Well, we love to highlight, um, you know, all the goodness that the Midwest uh, encompasses and um, food tours is one way to do that. And I know that is what you do uh, in Sioux Falls is, uh, you know, bring visitors around and, and highlighting the, the food that is available there. Um, and, you know, a lot of times people think about food tours or food tourism. They think about, oh, maybe Chicago or New York or San Francisco. But even in our um, smaller communities like Sioux Falls, there's so much to offer. Um, so you know that. So tell us how you got started and what inspired you. Well, I answered an ad for a tour guide for Sioux Falls Food Tours. At that point, um, the person who owned it was doing private parties and needed some extra help. Uh, so enjoyed it. I get to eat and drink and talk to people, which is what I love to do. Um, her life got busier, and she asked if I wanted to take it over. So in February of 19, I became the owner of Sioux Falls Food Tours. And um, in August of 19, we started doing public tours so that we always have a tour running when people are in a town on a Saturday. Very smart to do, so people know what to expect and, and when to expect it on a weekend. Um, and, you know, 2019 didn't give you a whole lot of time to get prepared before the pandemic, although I do know that South Dakota was open uh, pretty much the whole time, um, which I would anticipate actually um, drove a lot of tourism to South Dakota, right? Uh, our tourism really spiked in uh, 2020 because we were open. We were the place you could go. Right. So if I were to, you know, get on a get on a plane or start driving west from Ohio to Sioux Falls and sign up for one of these food tours, um, what would I expect? What What would you be showing me? Um, I'm going to highlight our downtown area. Um, our food tours are really focused downtown at this point. There are a plethora of restaurants um, in Sioux Falls. In fact, I think we are one of the largest per capita restaurants in the nation. Um, wow. Yeah. Uh, so downtown, I have four different routes. We visit four to five, sometimes six places and try a little bite at each place. So I implore, uh, I uh, use 24 to 30 different restaurants just in our downtown area for tours. What kind of restaurants are there? I mean, with, with so many different options, uh, you know, uh, is there a variety of different cuisines or do you highlight, you know, do you have one that's, uh, I don't know, a pizza tour and another one that is a burger tour, things like that? Most of my tours uh, combine a different set of flavors. So you're going to get maybe a pizza and a catfish taco and a curry cauliflower sandwich and on one tour. And the other one, you might get sushi and a Philly cheesesteak. And so it's not just one flavor of tour. You're going to get a, a variety of different um, cuisines in each tour. Well, and, and this is why, again, I love to highlight, um, you know, organizations like yours and, and you know, tours like this because, when people think Sioux Falls, they're probably not thinking sushi or, of course, Philly cheesesteaks. But, um, you know, so communities do have a lot of variety that we may not necessarily think about. But can you give us an example of something that is uniquely South Dakota flavor that, that is offered on one of the tours? I try to highlight the South Dakota food. It's called Chislik. Um, now, Chislik is pieces of meat that are deep fat fried and served with garlic salt and ranch dressing usually. Uh, traditionally, it would be lamb um, because of the cost of lamb. Most bars uh, and other establishments serve it as beef. But you can also have pork chislic, chicken chislic, um, things like that. I try to get that on most of my tours. Uh, some of my routes don't cover a place that would offer chislic, but... I mean, I'd go just to try that. I mean, it sounds incredibly indulgent, but really, really good. Uh, is it breaded or is it just deep fried in oil? Um, it depends on where you go. So sometimes it hmm. can be marinated before they cook it. Uh, there is one place that we go to that dusts it in cornstarch. So it gives it a little crispy outside, but not traditionally uh -huh. like breaded, breaded. 
Right. So you're not talking like onion ring or like mozzarella stick. Nope. Like, okay. This sounds unbelievable. I, I had something kind of similar in Wisconsin, but it not not exactly what you're describing. Well, and the beef is going to, you, you want it to come out about medium rare if you want the, the true taste of it. Some people don't do their meat that way, so it's they go for well, and you can do that. But a nice crispy on the outside and just chewy on the inside with a lot of flavor, that medium rare will give you. Do, is there a history behind why this is more uniquely South Dakotan? Does it have roots in a specific uh, ethnicity or indigenous culture that might be, um, you know, sort of the story behind the story? Well, the theory is it's come from, um, I'm going to get the name wrong, Croatia, over on the Black Sea. Um, there was an Croatia, image, yeah, okay. Not Croatia, but Crema, C-R-E-M-I-A. Oh, Crimea. Crimea. I knew I was getting it wrong. Uh, Crimea. And so we had an immigrant come to Hutchinson County in South Dakota in 1870 and brought that. They think it came along with shish kebab, um, Mm -hmm. but brought that to South Dakota and it just has become a thing. You go 100 miles outside of South Dakota, nobody knows what it is. This actually, well, I've never heard of it uh, until our conversation, but this does actually make quite a bit of sense because Crimea, you know, also had a, a, a large sort of Central Asian influence because of the Crimean Tartars um, that settled there and uh, kind of more, actually more of like the indigenous kind of community of, of Crimea and, um, you know, was part of Ukraine and um, the Soviet Union. So, and I, my understanding is that there's also, you know, Russian uh, a Russian community there in the Dakotas. So uh, sort of that whole region, that would make some sense. And this is, again, there's always more than meets the eye or the mouth in this case um, when you when you hear about um, different communities' food because now you know. Oh, I yeah. had no idea. And thank you for for, <laughs> for giving me a little bit of that history. And, and I'll put you on the spot there. But um, I've learned a lot. So forgive me for getting Crimea wrong, but thank you for getting that uh, history lesson on Crimea because that helps me a lot as well. That's it, it's no problem. <laughs> I'm actually I, I'm actually part Ukrainian, so uh, that's that's that is why I know these things. Uh, so that is how cool. Um, well, so back back to um, from Crimea to back to the Sioux Falls. Um, you know, you I, I know that this year or back in 2020. Uh, a lot of um, tourism has, you know, really spiked in, in South Dakota, as we mentioned. Um, but you know, usually where do, when people sign up, where do they usually come from? Are they mostly from South Dakota? Um, how, and I think even better question would be how far is the furthest person that has come that has signed up for one of your tours? Okay. Well, it is actually changing. I'm getting more people from outside our area. You would think mm-hmm. that that would be my primary market, but my primary market is uh, people within an hour to two hours of Sioux Falls. Um, mm-hmm. And so that's probably 75% now. Uh, 25% are coming from everywhere else. Um, I've had Washington, D.C., Virginia Beach, Texas, Seattle, um, you know, Colorado's closer. Those are probably the furthest ones that have come. Wow, well, that's that's plenty plenty far for sure, um, and um, obviously, you know, you guys are doing something right to uh, attract folks. Um, how can can um, can people sign up for um, your tour? How can they find you online or, or otherwise? Well, I'm on Instagram and Facebook, and of course, I have my website, and that's where you sign up for those tours. It's um, SiouxFallsFoodTours.com. And all the events are out there, and you just pick a time, which Saturday you're going to be in town, pick that ticket. Pretty easy. That sounds very easy. And um, one thing I I have to ask you before I let you go, are there any specific themes on weekends that, you know, maybe folks should look for, like, uh, you know, maybe a Christmas theme, holiday theme um, that that really sort of drives um, your tour on a Saturday? Well, our downtown offers a burger battle in January, and so all the restaurants submit their best burgers. And so when that happens, those are our focus. We try different burgers at each place. We get a quarter here and a quarter there and a quarter somewhere else, and we uh, vote on them because there's a whole voting thing that goes on. 
Um, on the fifth Saturdays of the month, I have a tour routes from week one, two, three, and four that are set. But on the fifth Saturday of the month, if there happens to be one, we'll have a specialty tour. So in May, we did a going to the dogs tour, which people got to bring their dogs along. And we went everywhere that was dog friendly. <laughs> And fun uh, this month, it's a gluten. And do they get it? Do the dogs get any like treats? Do they have their own burger battle, their own like doggy, you know, treat battle? There was doggy treats everywhere that we went. Every business that we went to offered a treat for the dog as well. That's that's good. That's fun. So in this set, the 31st, we're doing a gluten free tour. So okay. if you had concerns on gluten, everything will be gluten free. Although we um, honor any dietary requests, and I make sure that uh, you enjoy the trip along just as well as everybody else, even if you're like gluten dairy free, we can make that work. Just need to let me know. Well, it sounds like you're incredibly accommodating and thoughtful, and have, have thought of everything. Um, any anything else you want our listeners to know about what's next for the Sioux Falls food tours? Well, we are, like I said, we do a walking tour downtown, looking to maybe expand across Sioux Falls because there's so many great bites that um, are around Sioux Falls, but just not in the downtown area. Um, So I'm looking to add on that and maybe do some best food at a dive bar tour. Uh, Love it. Maybe just some, let's try wings at several different local businesses and see, do a vote on the wings challenge, things like that. Well, it sounds like the possibilities are endless. Dana, you've made me very hungry and I'm sure um, the audience is, is hungry too and excited to um, put Sioux Falls on the calendar because it's already on the map. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Capri. I really appreciate it. Eat your heartland out is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritageradionetwork. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.